Hello and welcome to a brand new installment of Nintendo News Report for Friday, July 7th, 2017. I'm Alex Kalafi, joined today by a full panel of Nintendo News reporters. Starting off, we have our, uh, our Steam producer, Mr. Donald Terrio. In a little over a week, I'll be fighting for the woman of my dreams. <laughs> the woman of everyone's dreams. Um, I don't know what it is. But Nintendo has found the intersection between diversity and waifus, and it's a really special thing to witness. Yeah. <laughs> we're, we're, also, we're, we're also joined by uh, Miss, Mr. Waifu himself, Zach Miller. <laughs> That's pretty good. <laughs> I have uh, show and tell today. I finally found a, a guardian. <laughs> There's your waifu of the week. <laughs> yep. Amen. You got, you got your tentacles there. I do. <laughs> I do. How much was that, Zach? Did you pay the full retail price? Twenty bucks, yeah. Twenty bucks. Okay. Also, hard, these things are hard to find in the wild. How hard are they? I thought I thought they would be discounted by now. This is the first one I've ever seen in Anchorage. No, they've been selling out. Really, They're, really, really. And they did. They just did a reprint <laughs> recently, and it's flying off the shelves. Mm. Okay. Okay. Word. Also joined by Mr. Justin Bruby. Hello, Justin. Hello. How's everyone doing? Uh, everyone's doing great. Yesterday, there was a Splatoon 2 Nintendo Direct that was longer than Nintendo's E3 digital presentation. By <laughs> one minute, actually closer to two, I think. So no, and, they, and yet they didn't announce a single Metroid game. Yeah. <laughs> I had this crazy hope, this crazy unfounded hope, that I knew there was no way it was going to happen. But the moment they said, we have this transmission for you, we don't know what it is, I thought that's when they were going to drop Smash Bros. on us with Splatoon <laughs> characters. Hmm. Uh, I, I don't know about that. Well, I know about that because it wasn't announced. <laughs> I, didn't, I didn't think that was going to happen at all. Or, or like no. it would have been something like the Persona 4 fighting game where they ended up having the single player from the previous game in the sequel. That's something I also would have seen them doing sure because i mean real realistically how many people actually played the single player of splatoon 1 more people than most other games on wii Wii i played it i don't think it was that great and everyone hates me for saying that but i'm gonna express that opinion the single player in splatoon wasn't that special splatoon single player better than dooms that's not fair Doom's <laughs> single player was one of the most pleasurable video game experiences of 2016 to me. The first half was for me, and then the second half just fell off a cliff. Was that when it just turned into arena after arena of like 80 million monsters in a row? Basically. Did did you fully upgrade your shotgun to be like rapid fire and nuclear blast on every single shot? Eventually, yes, but by that point, it was too late. Uh, so Splatoon, uh, it's going to feature characters from Doom, which I'm very excited <laughs> about. Uh, yeah, that, that, Doom, that Doom guy that. you can get from the Doom Amiibo is awesome. <laughs> Doom guy. <laughs> uh, there was Doom 64 on the yes. Nintendo 64, which was an original Doom game. Was it good? Real good. Yeah. yeah. I always, I, I turned on that game once and I remember it being one of the darkest first person shooters I ever played. Not like tonally, like actual oh, lighting yeah. wise. It was an extremely dark game. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Anyway. I think Doom is on Super Nintendo and Game Boy Advance as well. 
It's like an okay version of Doom 2, isn't it? I never played Considering you're playing it on, on... I rented it once on the Super Nintendo, and it looked... It didn't look as good as it did on the PC, but it, it it played similarly. Okay, okay, okay. So, the Splatoon 2 Direct. It didn't really promise much news, even though some news came out of it. It was sort of like acting as an overview of the features. A lot of stuff we already knew. Some stuff we didn't know yet. Before we talk about the actual news, what did you think of the actual video game itself? Has it sort of surpassed your expectations at all? Is it still exactly the game you think it is? That one. It's pretty much it's pretty much what I thought it was. And hey, the first Splatoon was really good. And this is a enhanced, you know, enhanced, better graphics version of this of that first game. So I'm I'm down in two weeks. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it basically is what I thought it would be. And I did talk about it a little last week, I think, when I got to try the Salmon Run, and I did enjoy that. So I am looking forward to that addition to the game. I think it adds a lot. And uh, one thing that has met a expectation of mine that was talked about in this direct was the ability to actually buy the individual upgrades on your gear in Splatoon 2, whereas in Splatoon 1, you had to randomly roll and hope you get everything you wanted. And to me, that just ruined a lot of the competitive aspect of the game because pro players would play a lot more and end up having perfect sets of gear based on the best things to have attached to it. And there's, oh, yeah. really nothing, there's nothing you could do really except for hopefully roll randomly roll for three sets of things and hope it was exactly what you wanted, which mm. was really annoying. So I'm glad to see that change in Splatoon 2. And the only way you could re-roll it was in this was to get the the sea snails from the Splatfests. I think you could also re-roll for a large amount of coins, was it or whatever the currency was, but it was a lot. Mm. Yeah. There was some way, so that was the way they manipulated it. Because I remember that pro players found ways to get like really elite gear, and I forget how was it that they that you could just re-roll over and over again until you got the ideal stuff. I don't know what they ended up doing in the end, but one. Uh, exploit I found in the original Splatoon was if you had your save on a hard drive you could copy it over to the system so then if like you rolled poorly then you could copy the save back over to the hard drive and yeah you could do that for like your online ranking and stuff too like it crossed my mind and I think I tried it once just to see what happened and because all of that was stored on the system it wasn't on a server or anything so you can easily cheese it that way, and and that's why, and that's why switch save management is a cluster f. Yep, <laughs> it absolutely. But that's where I was going. <laughs> I would say I was slightly impressed. So I expected a very bare bones sequel to Splatoon in the Nintendo Direct, but I was very impressed in that the Salmon Run seems like it's going to add a lot more bosses to the game than were previously in Splatoon, because the bosses were the best part of the original Splatoon campaign, and that was the part that actually felt like Mario Galaxy. So adding more bosses in Salmon Run, adding a co-op mode is big, and then it does seem like there's a lot of little things that the developers learned from Splatoon 2 that they're integrating into Splatoon 2, from Splatoon into Splatoon 2. Like, I, I don't know if you got the vibe that it seems like the... Nintendo's learning a little bit from the stuff that did and did not work from the previous game. Definitely, like like Justin mentioned, the the big quality of life change of being able to 
pick and choose your gear and may, and also the ability to tell Sheldon when to, to just wrap it up. Mm. Yeah, that is nice. I saw that. Yeah. yeah. He talks too much. So you just put them on fast forward and there we can get to the shopping. Yeah. I didn't know people had a, much of a problem with them. I didn't, but hey. well, I had a problem with them because I turned the game on once every six months. So he had a big long lecture uh, every six months. Mm. Mm. All right. Let's, let's address the features just a little bit. They talked about the customization. They talked about the, uh, the new Galleria, which is Jalfonso, which, which I think is, is pretty fun. Um, T-shirts and jackets. The spider crab is my favorite new design because he's so frightening looking and it feels it's like crazy. Um, yeah. I, I think the gear stuff looks very Splatoon. They're, they're, they're definitely ratcheting up the fashion element in Splatoon 2, which is probably one of the most exciting things I saw in the game because the fashion's the thing that maybe worked best about the style in Splatoon 2. Yeah, Splatoon's yeah, always Splatoon. had that fashion, and one thing about it I do want to mention is ARMS seems to be talking a lot about their fashion too, which they're both True. new. Yeah, they're both new Nintendo IPs, and they keep going into these like made-up brands that the characters have and all this weird stuff. I don't know what's going on over at Nintendo, but they're getting really into these fake brands with the their characters' clothing lines, which is kind of weird to me. That's going to turn up an Animal Crossing. You just know it. Yeah. yeah. Or you'll be able to buy them at Super Nintendo Land. Mm. <laughs> oh, God, yes, that's right. Right. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> so we talked about the gear thing. As far as new features concerned, there's a menu that allows players to change the sensitivity of control separately for both TV and handheld mode, which is a very Justin feature, I feel. That's, I think it's a good feature to have for anybody because yeah. the weight's going to be different. And the, the, the shape of everything's different, so you want to... More customization is really never a bad thing, in my opinion. Right, right. They're adding the amiibo functionality to this game, although there's still some stuff that needs to be clarified, as as far as that stuff concerned. Although we we know a decent bit about a, a decent bit about it, there's also the ability to post quote unquote drawings directly to social media, which means that Nintendo brought Meverse back explicitly for this game. Hmm. Yeah, except you won't have to go through a separate app it'll just it'll basically go into your probably your switch photo album and then you can post it to post it to twitter or facebook or whatever and then the it'll be represented in game in the same way that meverse was for things like the Splatfest and even in the uh even in the plaza itself mm -hmm. by tapping a splatoon series amiibo figure here it is players can save control settings gear and weapons loadouts and nicknames to any Splatoon Amiibo figures. In addition, new and existing Splatoon Amiibo are all compatible with Splatoon 2 and can also reward players with exclusive gear when tapped. One of the things I remember about the first game is that a lot of the coolest-looking gear was sort of segregated to the Amiibo, and in addition to that, it was very easy to get, which meant that every other 10-year-old Splatoon player was wearing the cool robot gear. Which was kind of frustrating. Like I, like, I almost wish that the coolest gear would be hardest to unlock. Yeah, they should make those Amiibo really hard to get. Exactly. <laughs> well, the, well, the, what do you get from the squid? Because that was only in the three pack outside of Japan. That's a good question. What did you get from the squid? 
I don't remember. Yeah. But one weird thing about the amiibo tapping to me anyway is how they're like, oh, you can save your control settings and all that to the amiibo. It's like, okay, like, but I can bring my Switch with me. So yeah. why, would I need, why would I need to bring that to my friend's house? Like, I guess if, like, you're a little kid and their parents don't want you bringing the Switch where you go because it's an expensive device, it makes sense. But, like, overall, it's kind of like, well, for most people, they're just going to bring the system. You don't need to save all those settings to a figure. Mm-hmm. No. Mm. Turf War. Two teams of four battling to ink the most turf. That makes its return. That's the main mode. Tons of different stages. Uh, different stages have different environmental hazards. Now, the only thing I'm curious about is what did they say about the switching? That the switching happens every two hours instead of six hours now? Uh, yeah. Modes. Uh, two instead of four. And I think they're still going to shuffle the modes. But I think you'll probably get into it later is that there is pretty easy ways to get into like Tower Control or Rainmaker if... Splat Zones is the ranked game of choice at that point. Right, so the ranked changes, and then there's the league battles, which happens you and you and a team of friends. Yeah, and then you, and it basically runs until the maps change. Mm-hmm. So it's very they made it easier to play what you want, basically, and there's some access to every map in the game now, even if it's in a, a limited capacity. It seems like, right? Yeah, they. Yeah, because you because the you can set it up for the leagues if mm-hmm. you want. Like if you if if I don't know if the the ship that they showed it that's going to be coming to the game later on if that becomes final destination then it'll be pretty easy to get a probably get a leak match on that pretty easily. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Main weapons there are the new Dapple Dualies GooTuber, which is which is my favorite name. Flings a roller, Clash Blaster. Um, the flingser roller is sort of the switch weapon, which is you can you can sling the ink, you can roll the ink, you can throw the ink, and that it, it sort of changes form. So there's a long version and there's a wide version. The dapple dualies, um, which one was that again? Uh, they're they're like the splat dualies, the two independent shooters. I, I forget what they're. It's been. I haven't had a chance to rewatch the director today, so it's the the main weapon I remember is the is the blasters that do the big bursts of ink. Right, which is the the GooTuber one. Yeah. Um, there's the sub weapon. <coughs> there's the <coughs> auto bomb, which will find an enemy and automatically follow them, while the toxic mist fills the surrounding area with a poisonous mist, reducing the ink of opponents who dare step in its range as well as making them move more slowly. So sub-weapons are back, special weapons. My favorite one is the baller, which will let players roll up walls as an explosive hamster ball. You can roll up super tall walls, and then it'll sort of explode, which is going to be really helpful because one of the most frustrating things that would happen in the multiplayer of the first Splatoon game was that the right player would get to the top of one of the maps and that they would have total control over the field because they would have they would be so hard to get to. It's a good way to tell those charger players to get bent. Yeah, yeah. You, you can tell that some of these special weapons are a direct response to the way people were playing the first platoon. And, and it looks like they're doing a good job of balancing the game. Um, but I, I think we'll see next weekend 
with Splatfest, which the first one's coming next week before the game starts. It's going to be next weekend. The 14th, 15th, 16th is just the 15th, 16th, right? It's just even it's even just the 15th. It's oh, at really? like it's like a four hour block from I think it's like six to ten Eastern on <laughs> next Saturday. Well, it's going to be a new and improved demo, which is now available on the eShop. It's cake versus ice cream. Team Four cake. Hours. Oh yeah, absolutely, absolutely. It's it's team cake like one hundred percent. Although, isn't team ice cream Marina? It is. Team That's ice cream. Get tough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You can't because... vote because of that. It's not saying who, which character do you like, and we're saying what do you think is right. Well, I don't really like cake or ice cream, so. My whole thing with the cake is, if you want ice cream cake, you can cheat it. <laughs> ice cream cake's not cake. Mm. <laughs> it's it's like a hot dog, cake. not a sandwich. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're gonna get. Oh, we're gonna get some interesting iTunes reviews for this episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <I'll... clears throat> cake is better, but at the same time, you're going to have to take Pearl's side, and I'm really not prepared to do that. I I I am supposed to be neutral on this, but it's way easier to get sugar sugar free or sugar reduced ice cream than it is for sugar reduced cake that mm. actually tastes good. So I'll go with yeah, I'll go with ice cream. All right, that's fair. That's fair. The other big thing, which might be the biggest news of all, and they saved this for the very last thing in the Splatoon 2 Direct, which is that the new waifus of the game instead of being Callie and Marie, although at least one of them, probably both of them is in the new game, is going to be Pearl and Marina. One of them is is, is terrible. The other <laughs> one is fantastic. The other, the other one has that twin tail air around her, which you're probably going to I think the I think ice cream is going to take a surprising amount of the popularity in this first Splatfest just because of that factor. Mm. <laughs> People in the chat are, are highly disagreeing with us. Dale says, "What? No, team ice cream and also Pearl is better." Santiago says, "Team ice cream." Anthony says, "Ice cream is way better." <laughs> so it it seems like we're getting murked by the chat right now. <laughs> oh, it's well no Dale, I'm saying Marina is the good one. Pearl is, is the is the lesser of the two. Did you see that image where they where even where Pearl's teeth look like the toothless gums of Tommy Pickles? Oh jeez. <laughs> for some reason I like think of like one of those Chucky dolls or something when I see her. Something looks really off about Pearl. And also yeah. she's she's definitely underage, right? <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Wouldn't stop although, in Japan, I think. Although Marina, I, I think she's got she's got a bit of an exotic flair as well because isn't she Octarian? <laughs> oh yes, she is actually. Yeah. I just want to play as the Octarians. It's uh, Nintendo's promoting diversity through waifus, and it's it's really special. Through squids. <laughs> through squid waifus. Yeah. Uh, and then Io introduced frozen milk as a, as a possibility, which which I can't necessarily get behind. Uh, the one King Nintendo fanboy in the chat says hashtag Team Cake. I I, I don't know who that is. 
Yeah, Cherry no Goblin. idea. <laughs> Cherry Goblin says that guy's got the right idea. Cherry Goblin also makes the fair point: aren't all Inklings underage? Which may very well be the case, if I remember. That's probably right. true. Yeah. Again, that, as Zach no, said, no, what that's about that uh, of Japan? Captain Cuttlefish or whatever. Oh, so that... the old guy was that him? So Who is the old guy? Something for the ladies, I guess. <laughs> that guy Damn. is really old. Let's not let's not discount the uh, appeal of spider crabs. Uh, multiple limbs, right? It's uh, so many increased limbs. flexibility. Yep. There you go. There you go. Although I think we, I think you kind of skipped over the actual biggest news of this whole thing is that they announced the release date for the Nintendo on or the Switch Nintendo Switch Online app, which will mm-hmm. be a date with Splatoon two. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This is going to revolutionize the way we play Nintendo games. Yeah. Of course it is. Yeah. No heel turns. It's basically exactly what they promised, right? Like, chat's still in the app. There is going to be some connectivity between friends on social media. It looks like they're trying to make it easy, but it seems like it's exactly what they promised it would be. Yeah. yeah it I, I do find it interesting that you're ba- that when you, in, at least in, in the sound of it in Splatoon 2, if, when you do them, if you're just doing it with randos, if you're doing voice chat in that app, you're going to get matched up with your team for three minutes and that's it. Sure. Mm. Sure. Um, so there's also the Splatoon 2 app, which is going which is, to be a secondary app, right? It's it's going to be, basically, it's going to be the Splatoon 2 app for the fir- until we get another online capable game for it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's not a separate app. It looks like it loads within the Nintendo Switch. Oh, so so it's a section of the Nintendo app, presumably. Yeah, that's what it looks like. Okay, okay. But that one's going to allow you to buy stuff online, and the presumption is that it would give you a different selection of stuff. Or at least that's the hope, is that it would give you a different selection of items than your in-game stores, which, which would shift over every so often. It also allows you to... Interact with the online stuff. It also tracks data. This is, that's everything the app does, as far as I know, right? Yeah, that's that's the most the most important parts. Like I'll be able to see my splats above replacement. Mm-hmm. Splatnet two, it's called, which is a, an interesting name that they're they're dating at the sequel. I, I feel like I would call it Splatnet and just keep it for all Splatoon games, but I'm not Nintendo, so what do I know? It allows players to help stay in touch with Incopolis even when they're away from their Switch systems information like stage schedule. So it also includes stage schedules, geared stats, lifetime inkage. So it, it can tell you if you've inked the Great Pyramid of Giza, etc., 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 all July 21st. We talked about the Splatfests. Yeah, these, these this kind of online tracking of stats in a Nintendo game really reminds me a lot of Metroid Prime Hunters on the DS when they had that website oh, yeah. set up where you could do that. Flawed game, better multiplayer than it had any right to be, I felt. I love the multiplayer. Single player is not that good in that game, but... The it's not a Metroid game, that's for sure. No. That, we're getting off track, but I, I did want to make that <laughs> comparison between how it t- only took them from, what, like 2005 to 2017 to do something like that again? Yeah. <laughs> I just had a weird thought, and, and not to go off on the Metroid Prime Hunters wagon far too much. Metroid Prime Hunters must have been one of the first hero shooters. That that can't be true. I'm sure there's some PC game from 1998. 
But Metroid Prime Hunters has, what, eight or nine very distinct heroes that all have their own abilities and work the exact same way heroes work in Overwatch as they exist today. That's actually kind of true. Yeah. Like, there was one who would have the invincibility, one who does the super powerful explosion. They all have their own weapons. They all have their own slight differences in personality. And they... they the At least theory, one of them is canonical. At least one of them is canonical. And then the heroes were the bosses and Metroid Prime Hunters outside of the last boss, right? Yeah, in the last boss, they all had yeah. to team up against it, I think. That's kind of cool. Kind of like a like the like one of the special events you'd see in Overwatch now, or like a, a when a new mode would come into TF2. Mm-hmm. You know, the nice thing though about uh, Metroid Prime Hunters is maybe it's just because this community didn't exist back then, but nobody was shipping two characters together or arguing about who's the sexiest. Or that was nice. It was remember those times. That was great. Zach, you join in on that. <laughs> It still is those. Not from Overwatch. Oh, yeah, that's true. That's true. I can find my shipping to singing, singing squids. (laughs) (laughs) Cherry asks, so the app is needed for joining friends. As far as we know, it is absolutely needed for joining friends. Although arms has some functionality out and the app doesn't exist. And it has some functionality for joining friends. So there may still be some game level stuff. Yeah, I'm really hoping that ARMS gets added to this app soon in some way through some update. And the same with Mario Kart as well. That would be nice. Yeah. Yeah. Chared also asks, does the Switch Online app have functionality similar to Miiverse? The answer is, as far as I know, no. No. They they made no... The only mention of drawing or anything like that is specific to Splatoon 2 as far as... as is known for now. Hmm. Anthony says, I have no idea what the Metroid Prime Hunters box art look like. I've never seen it in the wild. It, it's relatively straightforward box art, if I remember. The, the internet exists, just saying. Metroid. You can probably find the game profile on Nintendo World Report for, <laughs> and it'll show you the box art. But don't mix it up with Metroid Prime Hunters First Hunt. Or Which was a better game. <laughs> Metroid Prime. Oh, that's a cool cover, actually. It has all the heroes in the background, and it has Samus. Uh, Metroid, Miss Metroid himself, <laughs> right on the cover. Still can't it's, crawl. It's, it's <laughs> if I remember correctly, the initial release of that game had a like somewhat holographic cover, or like it, at least it had like metallic shiny bits on it, and then they got rid of that for oh. later on. The, the heroes something. actually have totally good designs. Yeah, they were yeah, no, great. First Four Figures was going to do statues for them, but then canceled them. Mm. Might not blame them. I don't remember if that game sold well or not. But yeah, these these characters look quite good. I might play Metroid Prime Hunters again at some point. It's on the Wii U. Yeah, let's go on. Oh. Oh. (laughs) Oh, man. Post-launch updates. Coming to Splatoon 2. One year of post-launch updates, which is about in line with the original Splatoon. Maybe slightly better. And then two years of Splatfest, which I'm almost positive that's definitely better. Than the original uh, Splatoon support. Yeah, the 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 final Splatfest is actually, I think, one year to the within about a week of one year to the day that Splatoon Two is releasing. Hmm. Which is about one. It's basically right between the release of Splatoon Two and Splatoon One. Yeah. All right. Uh, 
Splatoon feels like it came out yesterday, even though it came out two years yeah, ago. Yeah, the weird thing about that support is I wonder if like they're already planning to have Splatoon 3 come out around that cutoff date or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe, probably like, it might be a year later. You know, it, yeah. It, if if this is a franchise that they think they can hit more than, you know, th- if they think they can hit it, have something for 2020, then they probably will. Nintendo usually does one Nintendo game per series per platform, with some very limited exceptions. Yes, that that that's that's an accurate statement. I feel I'm trying to think of things, and I think in almost every case, outside of Pokemon. Which Pokemon and Fire Emblem on the 3DS. Right, Pokemon and Fire Emblem. For the most part, Nintendo will do multiple series, although there's no reason why Splatoon can't be another one of those series, like two per platform instead. I think it really depends on what kind of legs the Switch has. Mm. Going to see if Splatoon has legs? Yeah. Get it? No, it's fine. Uh, post-launch <laughs> post post updates, yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm. I'm glad we're fine. I think we're finally getting the jokes about arms out of the verse system. So, <laughs> so let's. Are, let's are there see more if, than one joke about arms? Yeah, pretty much. But <laughs> it, it is kind of weird, you know. We're thinking about two years down the road. It's like, what does Nint- what does Nintendo have in 2019? I mean, I did 2018 for the 3DS on the site. You can read that on NintendoWorldReport.com t- as of today. <coughs> There you with, go. Uh, some in, in, interesting suggestions of games that might come over and one that probably won't. Mm. Yeah. You know what? Go to NintendoWorldReport.com and read, read some great Nintendo coverage. If you want to hear more about stuff that was just announced for Switch and 3DS, I highly recommend going to Nintendo World Report. Neil has some good coverage of the post-E3 Nintendo and New York event. Neil and Justin as well. And yeah, I was and there. Justin. And Justin, both Nintendo News reporters. There we go. Splatoon's coming out in a couple weeks. Originally, I didn't care all that much. Now I'm tentatively excited. I still don't care. <laughs> That's our show. <laughs> I'm, I, I, look, I, I wonder if Amazon will actually remember to deliver this one on time or if they're going to give me five bucks again. So. But I'm I am really I'm looking forward to this. This is probably going to be what I play for at least a three month three weeks straight until probably probably around the time I actually my birthday comes around. I pick up Zelda on Switch finally. Oh, there you go. Yes, uh, I think a lot of it for me. I'm going to play the game, but I'm really hoping that this uh, Nintendo Switch Online stuff pans out because I just felt I got kind of bored with the first Splatoon without being able to easily play and talk to people I know. It always yeah. became like a chore to do that. It's like, oh, make sure everybody gets on Skype or whatever, and then we can play. And It was just a huge annoying issue. So hopefully this app works well to make playing with friends a lot better and not like this sterile online environment a lot of Nintendo online games produces because it's almost no different than playing against the PC because you have no way to communicate. Yeah. Hmm. Exactly right. Cherry Goblin suggests... Splatoon 3 in 2019. Dale suggests Switch 2 in 2020, which I think is far too early given how successful the Switch has proven to be so far. Well, I mean, what? Xbox One or PS4 Pro is what? Last year and the PS4 was 2013. So, you know, if if Nintendo wants to go down the road of the Switch Pro in 2020, that wouldn't surprise me. Mm-hmm. Um, With the Cherry- D-pad? 
Chariot and Santiago <laughs> both have good examples of multiple sort of console releases. Cherry Goblin points out Pikmin 1 and 2 on GameCube. Santiago points out Mario Party. But he also admits, yeah, it's usually just one game per generation. I mean, it does happen, but I feel like it's when the, the game is sold well enough and maybe the game doesn't have like a long shelf life and they want to reuse that engine again to try and make more money off of some of the heavy lifting they did to make the first game. So like, yeah. Pik- like Pikmin 1 and 2, you had the Mario Galaxy games, you had two of those. So it seems like things like that. Donkey Kong Country had th- three and three years. Yeah, yeah, that was a great three years. I'm not even kidding. I love those games. <laughs> I think it can happen. I think it probably will probably happen because if Switch has a decent lifespan in it and Splatoon is all about being a consistent living game, I totally see a Splatoon 3 on the Switch. I don't see a Splatoon 4 on the Switch, but I definitely see yeah. Splatoon 3 and I, on the Switch. I definitely see some sort of sequel to Breath of the Wild using that engine again coming to Switch. 2019, you think? It'll, I think? I don't know. It'll probably be a smaller game for sure, but I, don't, I think they're going to make some more money off that engine. Yeah, Majora's I'm just thinking Mask. of like Majora's masking it exactly. Yeah. 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 There was some Zelda news that kind of came out today that we didn't note, but well it's it's still developing. But the word is Link is playable in the new Zelda DLC, the second DLC. It's gonna focus on Zelda's story and it takes place after the defeat of Ganon. Those are the three beats that came out today. I'm no, not sure no, if all three are true. There, what? I think all those are true, and there was one more thing. Link will be able to get the lobster shirt from Wind Waker. Right. Ooh. Okay. You probably have to tap the uh, the Wind Waker amiibo that came out last year for I, it, though. I don't know. I think they said that was for the DLC, so I doubt they're going to be like, DLC, now go buy amiibo, too. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> that you can't find. <laughs> There's definitely room to do one more Zelda game on Switch using the Breath of the Wild engine, a.k.a. the Xenoblade. Chronicles X engine, aka probably the Xenoblade Chronicles 2 engine. Um, I, I definitely see a world where Nintendo makes another Zelda game and another Splatoon game and another ARMS game all on the Nintendo Switch, considering all these games came out extremely early in the console's life cycle. True. Okay. Justin, there's this Pokemon Go story. Tell me about Pokemon Go and some hats. Yeah, so there's this Pokemon Go one-year anniversary event. Yesterday was the one-year anniversary, at least in North America, for Pokemon Go. And uh, for the event, you can go out. <clears throat> sorry, you can go out and catch Pikachu with Ash's hat, and uh, you might be able to catch Raichu with the hat too. I know you can evolve Pikachu into Raichu, so that Raichu has Ash's hat. And if you're really lucky, you can hatch a egg and get a Pichu. With Ash's hat. Hmm. So, and since there's gender differences now, both Pika- there's two versions of the Pikachu, two versions of the Raichu. So if you're looking for a complete thing, that's five limited edition Pokemon to get. And there's also this uh, anniversary box you can buy in the shop that's supposedly a deal, but I don't think it's a very good one where you can get, a, I think, a couple of incubators, two raid passes, and maybe some great balls or something. And But... I think it's a horrible way to spend your in-game currency. Because mm. I, I, the the complaints I heard with that box were that it was like you needed to spend real money on that, not uh, not the in-game stuff. So, 
No, I, can, I, I think you can spend the in-game stuff. It's just because when you buy currency in Pokemon Go, it turns it into the in-game money. Right. But, but the deal is just terrible, especially compared to the uh, an, the uh, not anniversary, the, the holiday and New Year's deals they had with similar box boxes were so much better than this anniversary box that it's a joke. Yeah, I think all the good mobile content on Nintendo is being shoved into Fire Emblem Heroes right now. Because they had a pretty beefy update this week that added the added a whole bunch of new challenges and free orbs that I'll get sometime next year. <laughs> Have they finished the story in that Fire Emblem game yet? Uh, nope. It's still it's still building. Although uh, they're they're taking some side they're doing a lot of side diversions between the uh, between the uh, here have a bag of money banner that is the uh, Elysian Summer, and they're doing a lot of Shadows of Valentia pimping right now. Mm-hmm. Okay. Oh yeah. Speaking of Fire Emblem, there's another Fire Emblem story too. Magic and Axe users are coming to Fire Emblem Warriors. Or, or in, or in one case, a magical axe user. A magical axe user. Yeah. yeah. L- the Lissa from Awakening, who can actually promote to an axe user in that game, and Frederick, your uh, axe, your axe wielding partner from Awakening, are both going to be playable. So we know, I think, nine playable characters now. Mm-hmm. I hope that game is going to be as good as Hyrule Warriors. I hope it's going to be one of the best Warriors games. People seem pretty down on it right now. Well, it's because Fire Emblem's just not, it doesn't have the pull. It's something as Zelda does. Well, it's not that. It's that there's no Ike, there's no Roy. It relies yeah. entirely on Shadow Dragon and Awakening uh, and Fates, Awakening which. And Fates. To be fair, those are you've got three of the four best-selling Fire Emblem games in history, right there. Mm-hmm. I feel like average people though know the Fire Emblem characters from Smash Brothers still more than those games, so they would probably oh, yeah. hefty editions. That's Mark. But that's what DLC is for. Yeah. And God knows games don't don't lack for DLC, so I would I would bet good money that Ike and Roy are going to come, just not out of the box. I mean, for me personally, I wasn't really a fan of Hyrule Warriors at all, so. You take Zelda out of the equation and put a franchise in it I don't like as much as Zelda, and my excitement drops off even more. Yeah. Tall order. Chair Goblin notes no news on the new 3DS version. I'm guessing it's going to be totally fine. It's going to be day and date, and they're not focusing on it in the same way they're not focusing on the Wii U version of Breath of the Wild anymore. I A little spoiler for that 2018 3DS article. I could very easily see them delaying the fire, delaying Warriors on 3DS into 2018. Oh yeah. Nintendo, that's not true. Nintendo doesn't seem indecisive on the life of the 3DS. But no, not at all. I'm just saying it's a, it's a since they have releases basically for September, October, and November locked down already. It'd be an easy move to just kick warriors for 3ds into 2018 and you give the 3ds one last fire emblem game while also you know allowing the switch version which is theoretically the one they want to sell more of to get the spotlight in the fall personally i don't think that's going to happen i feel like if you were to split them up like that you'd basically send the new 3ds version out to die Mm. I don't think Nintendo's too concerned about th- about that, considering it's a new 3DS game. It's going to be limited in sales to begin with. 
I have an opinion that I don't know if it's popular or unpopular. It might be a 50-50 opinion. Uh, it's just that it's in, in a debate that has proven to grow very heated. I think it's totally okay to be upset that Nintendo plans on continuing the life of the 3DS potentially for years to come. I understand why Nintendo's doing it, and I accept why Nintendo's doing it, because it's it's 50% of Nintendo's business. But when Nintendo has a new system that even if it's not their handheld, it is a handheld, and sort of fits the role of a handheld in my life, and is not fully supporting it, I don't really want to play on a 240p screen anymore. No, I know how you feel, but at the same time, when you look at it, the Switch is three hundred dollars. You can get a two DS for like what is it, seventy, eighty dollars? Mm-hmm. Eighty bucks now, US. Yeah, so it's a budget platform. So if you were running a business and your the gap was that huge in prices between your two active systems, I wouldn't get rid of that lower budget option at all. And yeah. I, I I would think at this point the only if there is new new projects coming to the three DS next year that aren't games that came out in Japan two, three years ago in some cases, then they were probably greenlit before the Switch took off as much as it did. Mm-hmm. Sure. So the at that at this point, you can spend a little bit a little that that development cost on those games, which isn't as much as a Switch game would cost, that's been spent. So at this point, that's a sunk cost. You may as well just put a little, put a little bit more effort in, get and get it out. And it's not like Nintendo's internal teams are the ones making 3DS games at this point. It's all like, you know, it's outside developers like Mercury Steam or, you know, smaller studios that Nintendo's worked with for a while, like Alpha Dream, who are doing the, the Bowser's Minions. Mm. Right. Right. Cheer Goblin does disagree with me, which which I accept. And Dale notes that he's taking his 3DS on vacation instead of Switch because it has YouTube and Netflix. 3DS is Metroid. Switch doesn't yet. True. That's yet. Santiago also notes yet. <laughs> yeah, it's it's less that I have a super strong opinion on this and more that I see both sides. Nintendo's a business and needs to look out for themselves as a business. So I totally get and it's not about forgiving. It's I accept what Nintendo's doing. The consumer has the right to look out for just the consumer. They owe nothing to the business. So yeah. when people are saying 3DS games look like shit, and most of them have always looked like shit, especially on a larger XL screen, and now age isn't going to do any favors to Nintendo in an age where it's in a in a time where it's possible to play handheld games on a very nice large screen i it's it's a more valid side than some people are giving credit for i think both sides are valid both sides need to look out for their own and i'm struggling to play as many 3ds games as i used to because the 3ds is starting to show its age a little bit it's one of the best systems of all time probably maybe maybe top five maybe top three for all i know but it's starting to show its age and the games aren't getting much better looking. They've hit their peak as far as good lookingness. Yeah. I'm I, if I'm playing a 3ds game, it's not, it's not because of how it looks it's because of how it plays. Right. Will, I think you will be impressed by how Metroid does look. Yeah. 
Okay. So it, it looks really nice. Especially some of the uh, art and like the cutscenes it showed. It looks so good in 3D. Mm-hmm. I, I haven't downloaded the uh, trailer on my 3DS to compare that to the actual game, but uh, you might want to try doing that to get a taste. You know, when you say things like that, it makes me not want to replace my XL with a 2DS XL. Yeah, I mean, no. I, personally, I, I would never recommend somebody do that because you're just giving up functionality. Yeah, but it's cheaper. And it's it's cheaper, and in my case, it's functionality I never use. So at that point, I might as well go to the 2DS. Right. Cheer Goblin does make the valid point. Also, 3DS is the ultimate library. I mean, it has maybe the best 3D Mario game, in my opinion. It has maybe the best Animal Crossing. It has an expanded Donkey Kong Country Returns. It has some of the best JRPGs that have probably ever Best 3D up. Mario? Get out of here. I'm I'm so in the 3D land camp over 3D World. But also, let me look at this also. Some of the best Fire Emblem games, I would say. At least the most, uh, the, the most evolved ones. What else does that system have? Some of the best Atlas games... It has and, and you can and even if even if you don't like what the 3ds has, you can still go back and play DS games on it as well, which has some, which is probably some of the best third-party stuff we've seen in the handheld in years. Yeah, it has True. the best urban champion. <laughs> <laughs> it's uh, the urban champion insane trilogy. <laughs> 3D classic the, urban champion. <laughs> that is the Dark Souls of NES fighting games, in that they're, both of them are literally unplayable. <laughs> well, hopefully they give us online urban champion on switch so we can just settle this donald uh, we, we got some other notes anthony notes that metroid has lovely animations and it, and it could be almost as good or as good or better as zero mission it's got a metroid 3ds has like every phoenix Wright game it looks like the fourth game is going to be coming out soon uh, got rated in korea so that's probably happening rhythm having mega mix street pass a living me verse it has several Harvest Moon games. It has a wonderful dinosaur office. Dinosaur office. It has the Cat Mario <laughs> show. <laughs> like the Kid 3DS. Kid Icarus Uprising. I think the only me. I think one of the few Nintendo series Smash they haven't Brothers. done on the system on there is Wario. Right. Yeah. Smash. And except it has backwards compatibility with the DS library, which is another one of the best. Nintendo platforms of all time. It has latent games. It has like two or three or four. It has five latent games. Actually, actually, yeah, six latent games if you want to count backwards compatible stuff. A bunch yeah, of seventh coming. Man, I, I almost want to look at my 3DS library. It has the theater rhythm games, which are Mon- among the best. Monster Hunter. Ever. Monster the game Hunter. that sunk the Vita. <laughs> three, four generations. Jeez. Yeah. Ultimate NES Remix. Ultimate NES <laughs> Remix, which is which is probably the best version of that series. Man, the 3DS is one of the best systems, isn't it? It is a solid system. Yeah, I like mine. I'm playing it right now. Yeah, it's, I, that's why I struggle with this. Because I acknowledge people wanting to move on to better technology. And I'm even with those people. I agree with those people. And yet... I, look I just back. think it's more of a convenience thing for me personally when I feel that way because I wouldn't have to carry around two devices. And and yet, sure. Goblin is right. It has one of Nintendo's but, best libraries ever. 
I feel like until Nintendo can have a cheaper version of the Switch, if they want to put all their eggs in one basket before they kill off the 3DS line, then they're going to have to wait to have a more budget option. Otherwise, they may <coughs> still might be better for them to continue with a handheld line just so there's two different product lines as far as a, a safety thing goes. Like a 2DS cross switch. Like something in, yeah. inexpensive that still plays Switch games, but like you don't have the like the Doi cons don't detach, and it's basically portable only. Um, you know how many games the 3DS has? The 3DS has 40 percent of the Chibi Robo franchise. Oh my god! Two of five games. I I think there's That's only been five cool. games, right? GameCube, Park Patrol. Photo Finder, Ziplash, I don't remember the fifth one. I think it might have been Japan only. Well, there are two on DS, and one of them was Japan. Right, and then two on 3DS. But then you can also count New Play Control, Chibi Robo on Wii in Japan. Yeah, that that, that kind of counts. Didn't that come to Europe too, or was that Japan only? I don't, I don't, I don't know. Okay, it doesn't, it doesn't matter, it doesn't matter <laughs> what Chibi Robo came out on. But, I mean, the 3DS is... Yeah, and 3DS also has Blaster Master Zero on it. There you go. True. As Shovel Knight, which it, it, it has Shantae. And Blaster Master Zero also has Shovel Knight. And Shantae. And Shantae. <laughs> yeah. Oh, oh, Cherry Goblin notes Luigi's Mansion Dark Moon. Can't forget about that Hell one. Yeah. But also, there are so many games, like all the Pokemon games that are like lesser Pokemon games. Donkey Kong Country Returns. No. We, we no. mentioned that. But it has the best Metroid game. Um, which which oh, it has fusion on it, right? I was thinking Federation Force. Yeah, oh, it has Federation Force. It is a good game. <laughs> Anthony notes one hundred percent of the Steel Diver franchise. <laughs> well, if you count with DS, but then there's that tech demo that you could have downloaded onto your DS at an E3 hey, wirelessly. Then with you, she's trying to come in, dude. In has... the front. Got a mute Zach I, I'm on my show. Zach, what are you doing? What this you is doing? your show? I guess Do so. I it, has, it has the entire Nintendogs plus Cats trilogy. It has um, a link between worlds. The rest of these real deal. But there's a ton of 3DS games. There's anyway, a ton of themes. There's a ton of themes. <laughs> oh, okay. we, we forgot about one of the most important games, though. Nintendo Which Bad one? Arcade. Nintendo ba- That is one of the most important games, isn't it? That must have been a frustrating one for you. I played it a little bit. I mean, I actually, it's the only game I've reviewed on NintendoWorldReport.com. <laughs> it was not a very good review. I mean, the game works, so I couldn't really dock it for that. But The game works. <laughs> it works as intended. It functions. It, it's a psychological mess. It tries to get in your head, like, oh, you only have a day left to get these badges, and who knows if you'll ever get them again. Like, uh, you, you wanna, you wanna give me some money? <laughs> <laughs> oh, you just got enough to get all but the one with your free plays. You wanna put some money in now? Yeah, I know it was designed that way, you jerk rabbit. <laughs> I, I wonder how Ethan Einhorn feels about Nintendo Badge Arcade. Yeah, yeah, I, I, I wonder too. Anyways, Blaster Master Zero. 
It's got Shovel Knight and it's got Shantae. Zach, tell me about Shantae and Blaster Master Zero. Um, she's pretty cool. The... I didn't finish Blaster Master Zero. Uh, the water level just killed me. Just couldn't do it anymore. Um, I don't know if I'm going to power through it with Shantae either. She's an interesting character. She has uh, a fireball and the uh, electric cloud and the uh, the circle of, of swords around her, which is a super overpowered attack uh, during the overhead segments. She can also transform into an elephant and an enemy that fires at uh, shots uh, in the overhead segments. In the Blaster Master, in the tank segments, she's pretty much controls the same as uh, anyone else. She can transform into a monkey and crawl up walls, but the game's level design doesn't really do much with that, you know, because it wasn't originally intended to be that way. So it's, it's a cool feature, but mm. useless. Um, it's good. You know, it's my core problems with Blaster Master Zero remain. Uh, Shantae adds a little new spice to it, but it's not gonna be a like you wouldn't buy it because she's in the game um that's cool i wonder is yeah. the shovel knight one it's probably okay too well he doesn't come out until next month yeah yeah uh, it's probably gonna be but, all right yeah it's, i'm sure it'll be the same kind of thing you know the problem the real problem is they don't change the level design at all and i understand why it would it would basically like be like making a new shovel knight campaign but uh uh all these characters you know, when they're, they aren't designed, the levels aren't designed around their power set. It's just kind of like, it's like going through the Game Boy Castlevania games or the Game Boy Advance Castlevania games with like Richter or, uh, you know, one of the characters you unlock who has all the moves right off the bat. Like there's no challenge anymore. Hmm. Sounds like a ROM hack. Yeah, it kind of is. It, it does kind of feel like that. Yeah. It's so, a good ROM hack, I guess, but you know, it's a ROM hack. It seems like it's the best indie guest characters that have showed up in a game before. Like it seems like the most ambitious outside of maybe that Mighty Gunvolt, which which ends up oh, being yeah, a Mighty better Gunvolt. Mighty Number no. Nine game than Mighty Number no. Nine. I've, I've been thinking about getting that game. Um, yeah, you're right. Um, somebody on Twitter, I forget who it was, one of the people I follow, uh, said that there's been a like a trend of indie games featuring all of each other's characters. Mm. which is true. You know, Runbo does it. Uh, that Mutant Mud Super Challenge does it. Um, this game does it. I think it's a it's an interesting trend. And it, it really gives a feeling of indie community, which I appreciate. And it makes Western devs work with Eastern devs to a certain extent. Mm -hmm. uh, but I also think it, it kind of, I don't know, to a certain extent, it works against the originality of the core game, if that makes sense. Yeah. Like, I'll yeah. never play as, as one of the Rumble characters ever again now that Shantae's in it, right? Right. Yeah, and I don't know if it cheapens the experience at all. I, maybe it, it does a little. It adds, it adds life to the game, which is great, but it also, I think it, I don't know. There's something to be said for keeping your game with your own characters. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. It's all Dale, marketing. Dale notes bit trip runner does it too. That's it's true. It is. It is. Mm -hmm. 
Okay, let's see. Do we have one more? There's one more rumor we talked about before the show. The SNES Classic has not gone up for pre-order in the United States yet because potentially the same reason why the Xbox One X has not gone up for pre-order, which is that uh, FCC is preventing it. Yeah, the legally in the United States, you cannot sell an electronic device that might cause interference with other devices until that device has been cleared by the FCC for sale. So you've seen things like this happens a lot with cell phones because it's it's worse there because they have you know radios that use existing wireless spectrum that the FCC mandates, but even the NES Classic, which doesn't have any sort of radio in it at all it still had to go through to make sure that it wasn't going to cause interference with like televisions. Hmm. Oh. So, so when you have things like the Xbox one X and the SNES classic, they, they, if they cause interference, that needs to be corrected before they can start legally taking money for it in the U S or even taking prayers for it. Maybe it's taking Nintendo it has so long because not even they can get one. <laughs> <laughs> Well, they get they have the fun job because they get the stuff even before launch. Like they, I think they were FCC. I think the FCC had iPhones in at like March and April mm-hmm. before wow. they came out in June. So in 2007, because I, I was working for a cell phone carrier at the time, and I and there was some interest in the iPhone with this company. So we were keeping an eye out. It's like, oh hey, the iPhone finally got approved for the FCC, so it's clear to sell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> It's it's not a hundred percent confirmed, but I could like it's plausible enough that I could live with that being the reason. I just hope that whatever whatever is going on with it, it gets dealt with quickly so that we can actually have pre-orders for this thing. Yeah, I have a potentially uh, unfounded faith that I'm going to be able to pre-order a Nintendo Super Nintendo a classic. I don't like it as well. But if, 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 if it has to happen, I will go to Fred Meyer at six in the morning again. I don't yeah, want to have will, to do something like that. I will. I will hit the local Walmart. I, it's five minutes from my apartment. I've said it on the show before. If necessary, to get a, a SNES Classic on day one, but I really hope I don't have to get up that early because I don't like waking up that early. Nobody does. I'm not willing to pay more than $100 for a Super Nintendo Classic. Oh, God, same. Um, don't move to Canada. <laughs> don't move to Canada. <laughs> Your money's different than our money. <laughs> hey, our, our dollar is at $0.77 cents US right now, so Nintendo, you know, fix your I'm shit. so proud of you, Donald. <laughs> we were at 73 and Nintendo is pricing their games like it's 59 Like, the placeholders for, like, Pokemon and Mario Odyssey are 100 bucks. Oh, God. Now, that... They had po- they had Pokemon Sun and Moon last year listed at fifty until like three weeks before those launched, mm. but I'm pr- so if the dollar is going to keep going the way it's going, the way it has pretty much since E3, then I have then I hope Nintendo makes those lets the retailers know it's not going to be that bad sooner rather than later because I'd like to get some pre-orders in. Mm. I did a poll on June twenty eighth. That asked, do we think Super Nintendo NES Jr. is going to be available for pre-order in the U.S.? And will I be able to pre-order one for MSRP? 37% of people, 27 people, said 
the Super Nintendo is going to be available for pre-order, and I will be able to buy one at MSRP. Second place, 26%, which it's actually tied with third place, said the exact opposite. So 26% said, no, it won't be available for pre-order, and I won't be able to buy one for MSRP. Also 26%, yes, they'll be available for pre-order, but no, I won't be able to get one at MSRP. And last place with 11%, no, it won't be available for pre-order, but I will be able to buy one at MSRP $80. So, Yeah, I really have no idea what's going to happen just because I know the NES Classic was not available for pre-order except for like maybe one accident at Target, I think, or something for like a very short time. It was not supposed to be up for pre-order. And they just... Everybody knows how that turned out. So I don't know if they're going to do that again or actually let people pre-order it or what. But I think not putting pre-orders up is a mistake. You should definitely do that as soon as possible to try and gauge demand on this thing. Yeah. I think with the Nintendo the original Nintendo classic Nintendo's intention was to sell them to the mom sort of walking by and target with their cart being like, what are we going to get little Johnny or little Sally for Christmas? I'll just pick one of these up. But nearly 100% of them ended up getting bought by people who either used to love video games or currently love video games. And very few of them went like under little Johnny's Christmas tree. And I think with the super NES classic, Nintendo's starting to realize who the actual market is for this better. And I think they're going to make a a larger supply for the one year they're putting it out as a response to that. And and if the year of pre-orders are any indication, I I think it'll be more. (laughs) I wonder how many of those European pre-orders are coming over to the States. Well, it's a 60 hertz system, so you... Either way, you're you're going to be fine. And Nintendo even said in the press release when they announced the SNES Classic to begin with that the, the focus this time was on long-time Nintendo fans who want to own the Super Nintendo. Because realistically, the NES outsold the SNES 2 to 1 worldwide. Mm-hmm. So you're probably looking at... Uh, maybe, maybe time has caused... 16-bit nostalgia to become huge, but it's definitely not as big as 8-bit nostalgia. Just look at the indie game scene. And yet, the scalpers know what to look for now, better than they did before. Yeah, there, There's more bots out there that are going to be trying to snipe Amazon, probably bringing it down again on day one. Yeah, even even for the, when I was in line to get the Switch at midnight, and I had pre-orders, I went to get the Zelda poster, but there was like this pro scalper online behind me who he he had a network of scalping friends and they were getting like a million of the pre-orders in the area just by splitting did, up you, did you remind him that he's the scum of the earth and no i mean no i just tried to mind my own business <laughs> get, my, get my poster you're, i mean i, pro- I probably that. didn't look that well either because i picked up three at best buy for <laughs> non scalping purposes. One for me and some other people. But some for some for friends. Yeah, definitely. Probably, like, which is probably the excuse that they would use. Yeah, I'm just picking up one for me and one for my brother. I'm I, sure. Definitely was I, though. <laughs> for me. And uh yeah, people are like, Oh my god, look how many he's getting and even like Best Buy employees are like, Are you scalping this stuff? 
I'm like, no. Like, <laughs> <laughs> it's, yeah, th these pre-orders went up at like one in the morning, and I was the only one able to do it. So, yeah. I think you were working that night, too. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. <laughs> All right. I think that's our show. This installment right. of Nintendo News Report for Friday, July 7th, 2017. Alex Kloppy joined today by King Nintendo fan on Twitter. That's Justin Berube. Yep. One Mr. Zachary Miller, Z Miller, 1902 yep. on Twitter. Yep, yep. One Donald Terrio, D O N A L D. M-I-C-K, Donald Mick on Twitter and his other podcast, Nintendo Free Radio, at NFR Podcast on we'll, Twitter. We'll probably be putting an episode out within the next 12 hours. There you go. And then I'm at C-U-L-A-F-I-A. -A. Read plenty of great content on NintendoWorldReport.com. Support the show at Patreon.com slash N-W-R. We're also on iTunes and Google Play. And I think that's all I have to say. So, have a good night, be safe, and bye-bye. Bye. See ya. Bye.